fun. Yeah, yeah. I made a salesman cry yesterday. So you made a what? You made a what? I made a salesman cry. Excellent. Hold on. I want to hear more about that because I love these stories. Before I do that, though, this is ex- episode 15 of Slurp Toast, a podcast. 15. Next next time will be our podcast will be Sweet 16. Oh, it's our quinceanera. We should have not. <laughs> we should. I'm not even having tequila. I'm having bourbon tonight. So we failed our quinceanera horribly. We're just never going to be very good Mexican little girls. <laughs> well, there you go. It's just the two of us anyway. There should be like 80 people in the room with us. So, um, anyway. You're getting a boatload of cash. <laughs> so, so tell me how you made a salesman cry. Salesman. This, t- this time. This time, I actually, I I felt bad about it afterwards. You're getting soft. So working with a guy told him, hey, we've got all this going on. So because all this is going on, um, I need you to, we got all this stuff is going on. Call me back in a month. I really can't just deal with this right now. I've got too much other things going on. He's like, okay, I get it. I understand. Yeah, the total, you've been upfront and honest about it. I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, and I said, well, so we got some problems with your pricing. It's, I think it's going to be a little high. And but just give me time. Um, about two days later, he then emailed uh, the ownership of the company, copied me on the email. And so I, I, I don't say anything. And then um, he calls yesterday morning. Hey, how's it going? Good. How was your weekend? Fine. And uh, he was just kind of wanted to maybe sort of go over a few things, kind of, you know, circle back around and all that stuff. I said, hey, did you talk to Tony and, you know, did, I t- did you talk to the, the owners? And he goes, what? I go, the email that you sent, did you, did you end up talking to them at all? He goes, well, no, 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 no. I didn't really get a chance to talk to them. Uh, you know, I, I was just trying to hit all my bases. I hope you, I didn't offend you with that. And I just been, well, you, you did. And he's like, well, oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't. I go, no, you're not sorry. I go, your company has a habit of calling everybody in our company trying to sell your product. And everybody tells you no or tells you to talk to me. And then you do this. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, I go, it's how you're trained. I totally understand. It's nothing personal. So my response, not going to be personal either. But because you've done this, because you've offended me, and because I accept your apology, but I don't believe in your apology because you're going to do it again. Um, when it comes time to advocate for your program, I am not in your corner. I don't care how good your program turns out to be. I will vote against it. I will vote against you personally. My beef is with you and you will be the reason that we don't buy your program. I mean, silence. <laughs> wow. So, so sorry. I go, no, no, I'm sure you've got some manager patting you on the back or encouraging you to just make that extra contact and do whatever it is you need to do to make that sale. And I get it. It's how you train. It's how you're all trained. I've had this conversation with a bunch of salespeople and a bunch of salespeople from your company. I go, but just let it be known that, um, I don't believe that you're sincere when you apologize. I think that that is just something that you are saying because you, you've, you've been caught with your hand in the cookie jar. And um, I don't see a reason for us to continue this relationship any further. Don't call me in another month. I do not have any interest in your product. And he was just like, I am so, so sorry. I go, and again, I accept that apology, but I don't believe it. Now, how was your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> now, in broad strokes, without you know, <laughs> what was he selling you? Uh, software. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a software package that we've looked at plenty of times. It's a software package that just you know, it could be, it could work for us. It could also be incredibly hella expensive. And so, I, I just said, hey, I can't do it right now, but. They've called me. They've called all the other VPs. They've called the owners. They have. They don't care. 
Well, that happens. You've made, right. you've made it known where you stand. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there was any any ambiguity ambiguity yeah. there. <laughs> okay, nice. What and, I, what I very found, even-handedly too. That's what impresses me most. What I have found is that if you were to yell and scream at him, he would. It would be a different dynamic. And I think that they're trained to handle yelling and screaming. I think they're trained to handle uh, irate, but nothing prepares you for just cold, unemotional truth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say cold measured. That was the two words I had. Yeah. Cold <laughs> measured is a good way to go. I'm oh, a fan yeah. of it myself. Because <laughs> you get just very simply, they say, well, how are we doing? Well, I'm afraid you're not doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me. Let me tell you. Yeah. You're oh. not going to like what I have to tell you, but <laughs> can I just say how jealous I am that your beard is still mostly black and mine is mostly gray at this point? Only from the front. Because when it, the sides, I've got the Reed Richard thing that comes out. Yeah, but that's the- cool though. I mean, mine, I, I have the Reed Richards and the old man Logan. I've got the whole thing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's less pepper all the time. It's all salt, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so if, yes, I'm salty. You want to know why? Look at my face. Look at my face. I'll tell you why. Those are it's white with tears. <laughs> So what else has been going on other than you making, you know, grown men cry? Yeah, he was crushed. I, mean, he was not, I pulled the rug out from under him, wrapped him up in it, and threw him in. <laughs> clubbed, him clubbed him with an axe and then axe handle, maybe. He never saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones, though, when you just catch him flat-footed and blindside him. That's about you know the social the fake social security ones that go around that you're going to get your social security suspended. So it's like if you need to press one. So I pressed one and I put them on speakerphone because I had people in my office. And they're like, "What's that?" I go, and it's like, "Hello, Social Security Administration." And I was like, "Yeah, uh, accounts payable, please." And he goes, "I'm sorry, what?" I'm like, "Accounts payable, please. I need to speak to accounts payable." Uh, why do you need to talk to them? I was like, well, I don't want to go into it. And he goes, I go, but just connect me to accounts payable. And he's like, but why? I'm like, all right, look, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but you guys are way behind on your rent. All right. And if I don't talk to accounts payable and I don't get some cash out of you guys today, I got to shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I started, you inspired me. So anytime like something, I don't, something, annoys me on Facebook. I report it as inappropriate content of a sexual nature. Now it's a win for you right there. <laughs> What's that? Mitch McConnell wants money. Pornography. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, sadly. And I'll say this cause I know she'll never hear it. One of the, the, the chief offenders is my mother. Who's one of the Facebook users who, Click and shares everything. Oh, mom, don't. I've got, uh, yeah, I've got some some family that does that too, and some friends. And you just kind of reach a point where you're like, I, I just got to snooze you for thirty days. <laughs> yeah, <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> I've 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 listened. I've tried. I've lived. I've laughed. I've loved. <laughs> I need you to take a nap. We're done now. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not you. It's it, no. It is you. It's not me. It is, it is you. It's it's the constant. You know, it's the constant uh, conspiracy thing that you know you can't talk them out of. <laughs> you mean like the Jewish space lasers? <laughs> the hell does that even come from? Better to cut babies with. I don't know. What the hell? <laughs> Well, as long as it's aimed at California, I don't think they care. Yeah, no, it's targeting abortion clinics burned down. <laughs> it's, it's, it's aimed right at the border of California, so they can just etch it off into the ocean. That's the long-range plan, is to just burn it off like, like, a, like a mole. <laughs> like this thing on my head. Um, uh, wait, wait, hold on. I think that was the plot of Escape from L.A. Was he? <laughs> it was pretty damn close. 
she's not kooky. She's just a uh, a Kurt Russell fan. <laughs> Have we checked? She's got a Snake Plissken tattoo on her chest. <laughs> Goes with the Donald Pleasance on her back. <laughs> oh. So, uh, have you watched anything good lately? Resident, what? Have you watched anything good lately in our <laughs> new streaming democracy? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> have you reached the end of Netflix? No, no, no. I've uh, uh, I rewatched the entirety of Thirty Rock. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So you finished it? I finished that, and I'm about halfway through uh, Psych. I watched a few episodes of that along the way, but never like. All the way. So, is it any good? Yeah. Oh, very much. So. There, there's, there's humor in that. They're, they're the main characters, Sean and Gus, are children of the '80s, so they drop a ton of '80s references. Well, I'm always down for that. One of my favorites is they're meeting this prospective client, and she goes, "Are you guys? Uh, do you believe in karma?" And the one guy is, "Oh, yes, we very much believe in karma. You could say we are karma chameleons." <laughs> and the other one goes, "We come and go." <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good stuff that's good stuff see i uh i finished uh finished cobra kai season three this week i was a little behind on my cobra kaiing one of the guys in the office told me first season really good second season eh. third season picked it up a little bit yeah i would agree with that but the first season was so good because it focused on johnny and the absolute this this just loser that he became he was the high school jock who peaked in high school and never got over it and and so there was a built-in redemption arc that was a lot of fun because you're like wait am i am i rooting for johnny lawrence all of a sudden what is happening this is a wait do we sweep the leg do we not (laughs) i'm so confused now but i spent you know 40 years hating johnny lawrence now i'm rooting for him what is happening second season they started filtering in uh Ralph Macchio and uh, his family and and their trials and tribulations and it got a little it got a little soap opera y and then all the kids and what I noticed in the third season and maybe it's just me looking for things but I feel like they're they're slipping in some additional eighties pop culture references outside of the Karate Kid canon like oh. one of the kids ends up in juvenile detention and it was like PG rated PG rated bad boy remember the Sean Penn movie. Oh, okay. He didn't beat anybody with a suitcase full of Coke cans, but it was there was a lot of that vibe to it. I'm like, they're doing bad boys here. Yeah, they are. Okay. And then, of course, you know, it took uh, it took the return of uh, Elizabeth Shue to bring peace to the valley. Um, That's what she does. Well, and here here was my you know random pop culture thought in that regard. You know, she shows up as Allie, and you know has lunch with Johnny and meets Daniel at the country club and they all, you know, reminisce and things. And, and, and she gets them on the same page and they're all talking about, well, it's great to see you, blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, she was, you know, she wasn't very honest with them. She didn't talk about the, the years she spent working as a hooker in Vegas. No, no. <laughs> but the fact that she's the uh, mom to uh, <laughs> Superman and the boys. It's like she killed Nicholas Cage in Vegas, but, but that's okay. I don't know. It's a water under the bridge. <laughs> Liquor under the bridge. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's how my mind works. I put. I made. I made Allie be the hooker from leaving Las Vegas. So <laughs> there, there's there's like web pages out there dedicated to doing something like that, like connecting all the Disney movies, like the parents from. Uh, the parents from Tarzan are the parents from, you know, it's just like. Yeah, Tarzan's like uh, Elsa's, sister, Elsa's brother. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Our Rapunzel. Uh, yeah, I, they're all. Yeah. You wanted who, who has that kind of free time? Uh, you should meet some hardcore Disney fans. They make time. I uh, see. I'm more interested in things that I read after the fact. Like I read an interview yesterday with Ralph Macchio after I finished um, I think my Axios or Vice or somewhere, and he was talking about the people that he beat out to play Daniel in the Karate mm-hmm. Kid. Uh, the two names that struck me, well, he said Charlie Sheen was hanging around, but I think Charlie Sheen was just hanging around looking to score drugs. 
That's just okay. my guess. But the two people he knows were in serious consideration that he beat out were the aforementioned Nicolas Cage. Oh, Jesus. They hate... He would have gone, he would have been all method and gone like full Shaw Brothers. I, it would never have worked. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think. I mean, that, that would have been like pre-Moonstruck or post-Moonstruck. Pre-moonstruck. That was, yeah, that's around Valley Girl time. It's before or after. I mean, it's like he's not famous yet, Nicolas Cage. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, he would never have worked in that part. No, no. Um, and the other one, which would have worked, and would, but would have changed the dynamic entirely, was, uh, was Robert Downey Jr. Yes. You know what? I would have taken Robbie Benson. <laughs> he was a little old by that point. He was out of his teen movie phase. Was he? Yeah. He, I mean, Ice Castles and such. That was late 70s. So we we're five or okay. six years too late for that. But, but Downey would have been an interesting choice, as he would have been with so many 80s teen movie roles. But uh, That would have been young Downey, Coke yeah. Downey. Pre- that, would have been, that would have been like, uh, if I may, tough turf Downey. Oh, God. <laughs> Nothing like a smarmy. Nah, he would not have worked at that. Rate. No, no. He, he worked as Johnny. But not as a... <laughs> oh, he would have totally worked as Johnny. <laughs> Want me to sweep the leg? Sweep the leg? <laughs> not sweep the leg. Consider, yeah. consider it swept. Consider it swept, yeah. What else? What else? I'll sweep, I'll, I'll sweep the floor with the leg. <laughs> <laughs> with Ray-Bans in that baby face, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he might have worked, but it would have been a whole different vibe. So anyway. Yeah, see, I don't think he could. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard at this point to really see anybody but Ralph Macchio in that role. Oh, exactly, exactly. Hillary Swank, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's a stretch, but it could work. <laughs> you ever think Ralph Macchio goes, "If I'd only been the next Karate Kid, I'd have two Oscars." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All I gotta do is die in a movie with Clint Eastwood. Boom, you're there. See, I feel like he could have been in like that Heartbreak Ridge. Was that it? What was it? Uh, the uh, thing. Hamburger Hill. Was that one of them? That was a that was a Vietnam was a movie. But Clint Eastwood. Which one was that? One? <laughs> Platoon. No, no. Clint Eastwood in Vietnam. No, the invasion of Granada. Oh. Uh, was that- Heartbreak Ridge. Maybe I think was- so. Yeah, Heart- Hamburger Hill was a, one of those one of the thousands of Vietnam movies we were subjected to in the eighties, as the boomers reminded us of all that they had been through on their way to Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So many of them have been on. Uh, yeah, you know, look what those poor kids did for us. You know, we should honor their sacrifice. By becoming hedge fund managers. Hedge fund managers. Hey, watching those guys get it stuck to the metal. Oh, has that not been the best part of the last two weeks? <laughs> I, I I did. I mentioned to you, I knew somebody who worked in, in the financial services industry, and I reached out to him about possibly recording an interview for this. But he, he, was, he was honest with me. He said, I don't really understand it either. So <laughs> I was like, well, then you're of no use to me for this purpose. Thank you. Well, I understand. It's kind of fun to watch these guys uh, whine because, you know, I, I got snarky friends. So my favorite is the, well, maybe these hedge fund managers should get a better, get a second job and put in the time to, you know, cover their losses. Maybe hedge fund managers shouldn't spend all their money on, you know, Xbox and cell phones. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe the hedge fund should pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Maybe that, you know. I know uh, we have a, a friend who has a, has a son, same age as my boys, and her brother-in-law was a hedge fund guy. And I asked my wife last week if she knew, if she'd heard from our friend if how her brother, if her brother-in-law was on a ledge yet. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all to watch these guys take a, take a shellacking. You know, it's fun to just watch him complain. And I think somebody summed it up with like a picture of Fezzik from Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. You're trying to kidnap what I have rightfully stolen. Or <laughs> <laughs> you're have... trying to steal what I've rightfully kidnapped, whatever. But you know what <laughs> my, my favorite one is the, the picture floating around of uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy from uh, Trading, Trading Places. The guys behind the game stop squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> 
And actually, truth be told, I think I've read enough that I understand the concept of the short squeeze and what they did better than yes. I have ever understood the ending of Trading Places. Yes. I, I, that I, I till they get when they get on the trading floor, I'm just like, mm, I'm out because I don't know what the hell's going on. All I know is that Don Amici's gonna be sucking someone's wang. Anyway. <laughs> um something else I was gonna say in relation to that. Not Don Amici sucking wang, but something else. Um I don't know. I have no notes for this week, by the way. So this is just gonna be complete Freeform and stream of consciousness, my brother. That's all I got for you. Then I'll talk about my my infamous my Instagram feed. Oh, oh please do. Okay, because okay. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it's always been there, but I did not notice it a couple of weeks ago or months ago. Is I went to go look up a hashtag and I hit the search, and now all of a sudden, like all these streams showed up, like you know, all these themed streams of pictures and whatnot. Okay. Okay. And it was really weird. And that's, and unfortunately, that's how I found reels. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these, are these are dumb. These are dumb. These are dumb. These are dumb. Oh my God, I've been doing this for half an hour. These are dumb. <laughs> that is the magic of social media. I've been doing this for half an hour. Oh my God, this is dumb. I think that should just be the slogan for all social media. All of it. All of it. All of it. Yes. This, this, so by the I, way, that's the title for this week's episode. <laughs> this is dumb. This is. Dumb. I've been doing this for half an hour. Oh my god, this is dumb. <laughs> so it got me think. Okay, so you there's algorithms out there that's supposed to make your your social media experience uh, more toxic. So, you know, you like a post, and Facebook goes, "Oh, you like that one? Well, let me show you this one." And eventually, your feed ends up full of just crap. You know, right? And, um, didn't I used to have friends on here? <laughs> Toyota Prius, Toyota Prius, Toyota Prius. But anyway, so Instagram. So um, yeah, so I, for the, I just noticed that um, that I, I go to it to, to search for a hashtag. And there's like all these pictures, all these random pictures. Now I've been trying to follow artists to clear the Funko junk out of my feed so that I'm, you know, getting inspired to do more. Mm -hmm. And so my 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 feed my apparently the lock the, the the algorithm has decided that i need to see lots and lots of photos of women in like extreme yoga poses that is basically clothed pornography okay i'm gonna have to pause this conversation and ask what you were searching for that the algorithm looked up that's what i don't understand <laughs> It's like I'm looking that at that search for extreme yoga is coming back to bite you in the balls. No, yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, so the first time I noticed it, I looked down and it's like uh, Star Trek stuff, you know, Starship, Star Trek, Starship. I'm like, yeah, the things I've searched for, right? I get that. Mm -hmm. And I kind of scroll through it and then it's cosplayers because there's a couple of cosplayers I follow because I know them, nice people, you know, I always like to see what they're doing. Sure. So I understood that. And I, I, you know, I flipped through the cosplay photos one day and then the next day I go in there, that's when the extreme yoga poses are there. And I mean, this is like a woman putting up against the wall with her ankles back behind her feet and you're just ankles behind her head. Sorry. They should be behind her feet. In a perfect world. Yes. <laughs> it was weird, man. Her ankles behind your knees. I don't know what was going on. We all got turned around. Things got weird. Richard Lewis here. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in therapy for months now. I have to tell my doctor about this. I said I said kettle of fish. <laughs> I said kettle of fish, and the next thing I know, her ankles are behind her knees. It's just you know, I need to go get a trench coat to do this. <laughs> you got to hunch over more too. Hunch over more. Just there at the top of my head. Just this. Lots of lots of gesticulation yep. up here. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna do it. Tsunami humor. No, 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 we're not. We we've learned from Gilbert's mistakes. Yeah. So anyway, um, 
and no matter how much I don't look at the extreme yoga poses and I mean, one day I just went through this little, this little picture thing. It's like Star Trek ships, flip, 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 go back to the page, Star Trek ships, flip, 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 and eventually pushed them out of the, 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 the top. It's like, ha ha, I win. And then I open it up again and they're back. And I'm sitting here trying to explain to my friends and family, uh, I, I don't know why. <laughs> come on we know we know no, i was like no we don't you know my assistant at work he's like can i see those again no because if you do they don't go away <laughs> and, and frank knows that hey frank's, frank's trolling you <laughs> i would tell you we've talked about the concept of the joke grenade yes so Frank and I are about to meet with uh, with this with somebody, and they're wearing uh, they're wearing over the knee leather boots, uh, black jeans, black leather pants, and a white puffy top. Right? Is this a business meeting or? Yes. Okay. And so, I, as 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 they're walking up to us, I say, "Hey, Frank." I go, I, I, "You know, do one of these." Pat, you can't see. I'm patting myself down. Uh, Frank, can I borrow your phone for a second? I need to look something up. And he goes, sure. So he opens it. He goes, what are you going to do? I go, I, I forgot something. I need to check it out on the internet. So I go to Pirates of the Caribbean and open up a photo of Johnny Depp, right? And I, okay. I hand it back to him and I, I time it so that the person is like, you know, five feet away. And I go, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I hand it back to him. He looks down. He looks up. <laughs> you just can't stop this and i look at him i was like dude what is your problem and he's like <laughs> he wanders off <laughs> they're like is he okay i'm like i don't know what the deal is he's being weird today <laughs> nice <laughs> Long pause. I know. We can edit that out, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Did you have you heard the sloppy edit I made on the other episode when you asked me to? It's not pretty. Oh, it's not. Oh, the one where we're keeping the idea secret? Yeah. It's, it's a like little, it's a little ham fisted, but it got the job done. Anyway, blah blah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I did the best I could. I'm still learning audacity. Oh, man. Yeah, I started writing yesterday. It was very exciting. I saw that on Facebook. Thank you. I uh, Yeah, it's been actually good to get some of that shit out of my head and onto a virtual page. Very nice. Very nice. Now, very let's, nice. it only took me a month to write three pages. So, you know, this book will be finished you know, sometime in the 2030s at this rate. But, you know. It'll be a race between you and George R. Martin. I think I might win just based on health concerns. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to ghostwrite that shit for him if he dies? Oh, I'm sure that... It, I actually wonder if at this point anyone still cares. I think that's the bigger question. Because, you know, everybody got all excited and then they had the show and then it's like, oh my God, I can't believe the Red Wedding. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't read the books. Um, right. <clears throat> And then the show ended and I kind of feel as if people are going to be like, okay, it didn't yeah. like the show. Yeah, this show wasn't like that. Um, I read something the other day or in the last few weeks that was very much put me in the mind of, of George R.R. R. Martin because it was the descriptiveness was too much. It was just like, oh, I know what it was. I'm looking at my list right now. I read the... Uh, my mom gave me the the most recent John Grisham book for Christmas. I, it was a it was a second sequel to Time to Kill, which was a good book. Okay, it was better the first time when it was To Kill a Mockingbird, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and it this <laughs> Boo Radley, he's a neighborhood kid. Um, <laughs> um, good egg, good egg, a little weird, but good egg. <laughs> anyway, so this was a, another Jake Brigance book, and. And it was 450 pages long. 
that's too long for a John Grisham book. No, because uh, you can only describe khaki pants so much. Well, as I told Laura, my wife, the lawyer, it's like <laughs> I was at page 360 before they got to trial. Oh, my. And it was 450 pages long, and there was like, you know, a 30-page denouement. I'm like, it was too much pretrial, too much description of the courthouses and the opposing counsel and the southern food and the oh. this and the that and the th- i'm like john stop believing you're on hype man <laughs> the george martin ones just kill me like you get like uh you know so and so son of, you know enos martell son of aaron martell son of this son of that showed up wearing the house colors uh saffron blue and this and that and this and they dined on eels and squid and and the, and the banners and, fluttered in the wind they they featured the hangman in crimson yes. and, mer- and gold and i'm like there was a flag <laughs> blowing in the wind they had dinner people died next <laughs> they feasted yes and they feasted on snails and buttered eels and orangutan and puppy dog tails, whatever. They were men. That's what they were made of. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're already making the book better. <laughs> For they were men, and that's what they were made of. We, we, we need to... Uh... <laughs> and they did feast on snails and puppy dog tails. <laughs> they were men. <laughs> can we get peter dinklage to narrate this god that would be awesome that would be awesome you <laughs> see it with that serious you know theatrical voice just saying ridiculous <laughs> kind of like the entire time he was playing the the imp on tv <laughs> just it's kind of like at some point it becomes like what harrison ford always said about the dialogue in star wars George Lucas couldn't write dialogue. This was the silliest shit ever. It's kind of the same thing. (laughs) Sand. I hate sand. (laughs) It gets everywhere. (laughs) Like in the movie theater, doing one of these. Ah. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so tonight we went to a high school basketball game. Okay? Okay. Daughter has to do pommies, so we, we have to go. And uh, because of COVID, there aren't a lot of people in the stands. Right. And they, they call a timeout, and one of our players is up at the line, and the coach gathers everybody to, like, basically, okay, when he hits this, run back and defend, you know, type of thing. And the, the kid is just up there bouncing the ball, kind of, you know, practicing, getting kind of getting it, you know, dialing it in. And he comes, CJ, come here. And so CJ walks over. I say – now, CJ, make these two shots as like the timeout advice because he's at the free throw line. I don't realize that I say it loud enough. Harry. <laughs> You're in a gym, dude. <laughs> so did CJ sink the two shots? That's what we want to know. Yes, he did. Good for CJ. Yeah, actually, yeah, he's actually pretty good. The, the, that kid's good. I, I personally have never liked basketball. Yeah, me either. Um, um, and the, I, there's only the, one of the kids on the team actually did uh, like advanced student stuff um, with my daughter. They mm-hmm. they were like the same advanced robotics class and did Lego robotics and stuff. Sure. So it's like I, I have a vested interest in that kid doing well. The other kids on the court, I don't know from Adam, could care less. <laughs> They do. I'm not cheering for them when they make shots. (laughs) I may be more into it than the kid's parents because (laughs) you've invested time in the kid. (laughs) Yes. I've also found out that when there aren't that many people here, if you clap out of time with the cheerleaders, it gets noticed. (laughs) Now, as one white guy to another one, were you doing it on purpose? Yes. Okay, I assumed as much, but I to check. What I, I did it the first time, and I heard some parents kind of snickering. So the next time, I I started it where they started their cheers to try to get the parents to clap in sync with me and not with the kids on the court. <laughs> and they started doing it. I turned to Chris. I was like, ha, 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 ha. 
why do you think it's funny? I'm like, come on. <laughs> I just took over the, the cheering. Come on. I, yeah, it's not the first time I've taken over events. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can verify that. <laughs> we, were in, we were in San Diego at the Funko thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got everybody div- divvied up into four sections. And, <clears throat> and they're, they're, they're trying to call out each section to make some noise, right? So now everybody's kind of quiet. And uh, they're about to call out the section next to us. And the thing goes along the lines of, well, now we got to hear from a section that we know can make some noise. I stand up. I start yelling. The people around me start stand up, and they start yelling. They're trying to get that section to make noise. We take over the room. I sit down. I look at the guy sitting at the table with me. He goes, I know what you're doing, and I love you for it. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about Comic Con. What do we think? Are we going to have a Comic Con this year? Uh, I think yes. You know, I, I don't know because the same outfit does New York um, WonderCon. WonderCon. Yeah, they do WonderCon New York and San Diego, and okay. no, Anaheim. they do yeah. like four. In ApeCon. Don't they do ApeCon too? Yes, ApeCon, yes. Um, it's what, June, July? It's July, yeah. Uh, I think it's too early to say. I think it's a long shot simply because it's in California. I would go with that. And, and Newsom may, you know, well, they may vote him out and open it up. And hey, it's like Texas. <laughs> off. <laughs> As a Texan, I don't care for that analogy, but okay. Um, of course, I also don't care for my weekly bearded senator, but that's another story. I've got another one. one. Yeah, you do. So we're, <laughs> we are in the, yeah, you've got one, I've got one. Let's move on. Um, so, yeah. I, I will say this. Somebody asked me about it. And I was like, yeah, we should get upset. You know what? We should go to his house and protest. Of course, he doesn't live in the state, but we could if he was our senator and lived in the state. <laughs> oh, you got a sandbagger? Oh, big time. Carpetbagger, not sandbagger. That was oh, good bourbon. Big um, time. Yeah, big time. So let's say, let's say they don't have Comic-Con this year. Are they going to carry over those tickets that we bought in 2020 to 2022? I think they might. I don't think they have much choice. I mean, no, the outcry would be just ridiculous because everybody bought them. It's not any, and it's no one who bought them's fault that the conventions are being canceled. No, no. What I, I think that what I think they could do is, you got to imagine that a certain number of people who aren't going to travel for it. Right. They're going to try and turn those tickets back in. And I think they could do a much scaled down and not try and resell those passes and just take the hit and, and just plow ahead with the event. Um, you know, people who return them, they return them and they give them refunds and they just, you know, walk away clean um, but I, I bet they don't make a decision until April or May even. I think they'll put it out that long. I don't think it'll take them that long. I say March. You think by March? Well, um, ECC comes up, I think, in March. I say March simply because it's such a titanic logistics situation that if they're not going to move forward – they would have to let the vendors know. I mean, last year was special circumstances, but I think this year with a year's advanced planning, they probably have to give those folks some additional notice. Or discounted prices just to get them there. Yeah. I mean, because I think what you'll if, if they do go forward, the uh, media presence is going to be bupkis. I, oh, think yeah. it'll, I think it'll be a Comic-Con again. Oh, yeah. It'll be people who care. And... Uh, you know, a whole bunch of people dressed like 
<laughs> Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll fill up my Instagram feed with all new cosplay photos. Just to see if we can get rid of the extreme yoga. That's right. You know, and I even look for a common hashtag in those to see if there's something that's triggering that, if it's similar right. to something posted. No, no, that's not. <clears throat> all right. So I have managed uh, gleefully to avoid uh, a week and a half's worth of the hype, but uh, I guess we'd be remiss if we recorded this week and didn't talk about the big game. How's oh, yeah. things in, in your hometown since your hometown is one of the uh, teams playing in it? Quiet, man. Quiet. Is it really? It really is. Well, you know, because we're all indoors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time I see a home game from Arrowhead, I think about your basement apartment, right? <laughs> that was great. I mean, I could walk out and hear the crowd noise. And during uh, baseball season, man, there was like one night they were, it was, they were playing the Yankees. And this was our outfield at that time. It was Johnny Damon, Carlos Beltran, Jermaine Dye. And whatever was going on that night. Didn't they all become Yankees eventually? eventually uh, did Jermaine die? I know Johnny did and Carlos did. I feel like, no, Dye went to the A's, didn't he? Carlos turned into uh, Kirby Puckett. <laughs> Slap hitter with size. <laughs> that was one thing I thought about complaining about was baseball fans. Different teams. Because, like, you know, AL Central, so we get to see – the Twins, the Indians, or the Cleveland baseball team, uh, Detroit, and, you know, my perennial favorites, the White Sox, right. far too often. Uh, but then we also get the Yankees and the Red Sox. And, and you, we've talked about, like, if the Cubs ever won the World Series, how obnoxious their fan base would become. Right. On how bad the Boston people became after they won the World Series. And it got me thinking that, like, uh, like Yankee fans – I don't like them because one, if you ever want to know how many world championships they won, just go sit next to a Yankee fan. It's like, God, man, Yankees suck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. You think they suck 27 world champions? Is that suckage to you? Huh? I was like, no, I just like, like Cowboys fans. (laughs) It's, it's the exact sporting equivalent. (laughs) Cowboys suck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got, um, you haven't been back in like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Still got the rings. <laughs> Truth in that, but <laughs> you've sucked since the triplets retired. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, yeah, no, I, I feel you because I was, you know, as an Astro fan, when they were still in the National League, we were in a division with the Cardinals, the Cubs. Cardinals fans are awful too. Oh, they're terrible. They're the, I think they are the uh, AL equivalent of – the uh, Yankee fan. They, uh, the NL entitled. equivalent, I should say. Very entitled. Very entitled. The Yankees fans act as like they've never been to a baseball game before. Because it's like, you know. They may first, not have been. First pitch strike, and they're like, oh, my God. Did you see that? It was a strike. And you're like, yeah, they all throw them, you know. <laughs> Sit down. Even the shitty middle relievers throw them. Occasionally, it happens at least, you know, 30, 40, 50 times a game, jackass. Sit down. Um, somebody gets a slap hap single or a slap hit single, and they're just like, "You see that greatest slap hit slap single you're ever going to see?" It's like I'm in the American League. I see the fucking Mariners with Ichiro. Ichiro, yeah, right. <laughs> that is what he does. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever paid attention, but that's his whole stick. Swing the bat, you're already three steps down the first base, man. Before you even <laughs> make contact. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember going to uh, to a as- good. I've seen Ichiro's uh, Grand Slam home run, so there you go. <laughs> He's the only one, I would assume. Yeah, it was a late inning thing at the at Kauffman Stadium. Bam, knocked it out. I was like, of course, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I was gonna say I, one year when the Astros were in the, it was the year we rented Randy Johnson for three months. Oh, nice. Uh, um, when he was still a going commodity. Um, and they were playing the Braves in the NLDS. DS? I think so. Anyway. And it was like at least 70-30 Braves fans to Astros fans in Minute Maid Park. And I'm like, really? <laughs> we're being outnumbered at home? 
Well, I'm sure like half of that 70% were Astros fans most of the time. But oh no, the Braves are here. Oh, shut up. We just want to do this culturally. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm just here to watch Randy Johnson throw a high heat at your head. I want to see Chipper Jones bail out. Oh, man. I, I feel fortunate in that I have got to see uh, Randy Johnson pitch. Mm-hmm. I've seen Roger Clemens. Mm-hmm. I've seen Kurt Schilling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've seen, I think I've seen uh, King Felix. I don't think I ever saw him, but I saw Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz. Oh, nice. On different occasions, obviously. I went to a – I was telling my wife the other day. I went to – real quick before I tell this, Kurt Schilling. One time when he was with the Phillies, um, mid-'90s, he was with the Phillies, um, that real fun Phillies team. Mm-hmm. Laura and I were walking through the Galleria Mall. The Phillies were in town, and we literally walked past Kurt Schilling. And I went, that's fucking Kurt Schilling. And the next day, one of the attorneys I was working for gave me his seats to the game – and they were literally the row off the visitor's dugout. And I saw oh, nice. Schilling pop his head up and say, hey, Kurt, did you find anything good at the Galleria yesterday? <laughs> and he busted out laughing. Anyway, that's my Kurt Schilling story. Um, I got an Al Davis story like that. Because the Raiders were in town at the mall and they were staying at the hotel connected to the place that I worked. Yeah. And I had my head down and I walked into a store and – you know, all I just saw were big guys, right? So I split the difference. And when I look up, I am like this with Al Davis. And I go, hi, Al. <laughs> all you can do. And he just kind of did one of these, you know, kind of benevolent <laughs> nod sort of a thing. <laughs> he didn't have you killed is what you're saying. <laughs> Meanwhile, the big guys are kind of like, how do you get in there? And it's like, yeah, because I just split the seam, motherfucker. You're the terrorist. <laughs> alignment <laughs> story of the Raiders existence uh what was I gonna say I don't remember before I told the Kurt Schilling story uh, Schilling pitchers Gladys was some baseball fans being horrible I don't remember now here's here's the best I ran into somebody by accident story and this this is just completely we're off the rails completely at this point so it was like 85 86 somewhere in that neighborhood you were off at college i was still in lafayette um we had gone my mother my sister and i had gone to the north northgate mall for some reason for something i don't know what it was for why i don't remember (laughs) it's irrelevant to the story but we're walking through and we pass these four guys walking going the other way and i'm like i know them wait and i went oh shit that was sting and it was sting Chris Adams, um, Eddie Gilbert, and somebody else. And I don't remember who the fourth person was. Damn. And Sting turned around and gave me this death stare. And so my sister <laughs> and I – Yeah. Well, I mean, it was he was still young, but still. Um, so my sister and I were like, okay, we're doubling back. So they had gone to like the Wyatt's Cafeteria to eat dinner. <laughs> and the reason I found out years later, the reason I got the death stare was because – it was forbidden for the good guys and the bad guys to be seen in public together. And I had just outed those motherfuckers for all. Terry Taylor was the fourth person. It was the red rooster himself. It was Terry Taylor, Eddie Gilbert, Chris Adams, and Sting going to the Wyatt's cafeteria in the Northgate mall in Lafayette, Louisiana for on a night of a house show. Oh man. Could life get any more glamorous? (laughs) Right. I mean, match at a house show. What the fuck? (laughs) Thanks Kurt. Oh shit. Ah, (laughs) I just love that night because we're just we've talked about it before but hanging out with Kurt Angle and him bitching about bookings (laughs) (laughs) between photo ops where like he would turn it on it was it really was an amazing thing to see him turn that on yeah come on get in here get in here Uh, (laughs) fucking Hogan in a cage match on a house show (laughs) and he was in the bag too Oh, yeah. Yeah, her. Oh, shit. She's been with everybody. <laughs> well, and it's the funniest part of that is he wasn't even the most lit that night because I remember John trying to interview Rob Van Dam and we couldn't even use oh. the interview because it was incomprehensible. He was so high. <laughs> no, not Rob Van Dam. Right. Not RVD. Rob <laughs> Van. I'm not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I met him a couple of times. He's an all right guy, but man, 
He smells a skunk weed. It's <laughs> for his glaucoma, man. Don't make fun. He's got a card. It's all good. It's all legal. Don't worry, man. I got a card. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything else. Do you? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's just call it. <laughs> well, we made it. Uh... Well, we made 40 minutes. That's yeah, it's cheap. quality. Well, it's, it's quantity. It's not quality. Um, is this is what happens when we have no Moon Knight news. See, I squeezed that in there so I could put Moon Knight in the hashtag. Um, Maybe watching WandaVision then. Huh? Oh, that's, there we go. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Yes, I have, and I'm quite enjoying it. Let's do WandaVision, and then we'll be done. That'll work. That'll work. Okay. Um, I'm making a note. We talked about WandaVision. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm actually liking it a lot. How about you? Yes. Uh, first episode was, uh, what the hell is this? Second episode is it starts to fray a little around the edges. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, an, okay, I got you. We're part of a bigger something going on. Uh, third episode, yeah, totally something. And then the last episode was like, okay, there we go. Sword, now we got it. Now now it's getting... I like that they paced it like that. I, I think they could have probably combined the first two episodes, you know, and maybe tighten that up. I I don't disagree with you, but I think they served a a narrative purpose to kind of a, to throw everybody off and B to sort of give them time to develop it a little bit. I'm curious. I sold my wife since this show started. If Bob Saget doesn't guest star on the eighties episode, it's a missed opportunity. One. (laughs) And two, I love Randall Park as Jimmy, because that opens up the whole possibility of the agents of Atlas, which is a whole other yeah. thing. And oh, no, that, that would be fun. Wouldn't it? Doesn't it have a big talking monkey in it? Yeah, <laughs> you know it does, so you know I'm down. <laughs> Anytime there's a talking monkey, I'm on board. Um, yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. Um, the big reveal that it's all Wanda's fault. I just love the, I was, I was loving watching the comments. Wait, what? Wait, what? No. Read a comic book. This is yeah. not really news to any of us. I actually said that to my wife. This is not news to us. <laughs> well, wait till the Red Wedding in issue six. <laughs> I am curious to see what they do with the, with the vision from here now. <clears throat> because I don't, know, I don't know how that plays out. No, that would be I, I, I. They they've done a nice job, and they now that they've got it in. So now I'm way more invested because, I mean, yeah, sitcoms in the '50s weren't great, but they weren't really as bad as that one. <laughs> well, you know what was kind of funny was Laura was dice. Well, I was like like totally invested in looking for like the 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 hidden stuff. Laura was dissecting the sitcoms, uh, the sitcom pieces. And the uh, and the set. She was like, "Okay, that's the bewitched house. The, the, the door should be over there. The staircase should be over there. And okay, that's the Brady house. There was no sliding door there. And she's done a really top-notch job of dissecting that part of it. While I'm oh. looking for the Marvel stuff, so it's been kind of fun to watch with her. Well, the first episode was the Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was the bewitched house. The third one was the Brady Bunch house. So yes, I it, that's kind of fun. Now that we've got it caught everything up, it's I think it's going to be. Oh, it's going to be. If you stuck with it, you're going to be rewarded. Yeah. And if you're one of those who caved or bailed at the first episode because your attention span is a bad of a fucking, then uh, you deserve all the ridicule you get for not staying till the end. Um, I am curious to see at what point Doctor Strange makes his his much ballyhooed appearance in this. Oh, is he supposed to? He is, because this is supposed to tie directly into the next Spider-Man movie and the next Doctor Strange movie. Ah. So all the, all the multiverses are going to come out of this. So I'm, they got some heavy lifting to do, but they're doing a really good job so far. No, I, I do like the, the Disney Plus series. I think, <clears throat> you know, somebody was like, I think that they know that movies are dead. I'm kind of like... No, I think they know that like Wanda and Vision aren't going to be able to carry a series of blockbuster movies, but to use them as a device to build out whatever it is they're trying to build out. It's, it's a brilliant idea. No, oh, yeah. And they'll do that with uh, Winter Falcon. And- Winter Falcon and, and, the, and the Summer Soldier? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how they're going to spin Moon Knight out of this shit. <laughs> Who cares? Just bring uh- it. 
Uh, yeah, just let's see what they do. I mean, I think, I mean, really and truly, there's so many characters that they've introduced. I saw yesterday they're doing a whole Wakanda series, which may be an overreach. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm open to it. Um, mm-hmm. Only if we get to see the guy playing Gorilla Man, Baku or whatever his name yes. was, because he was really good. I liked him. See, that, to me, that could sort of have a Game of Thrones feel to it. Okay. I mean, because you've got this this hidden land with all these like centuries of of things you can explore. It doesn't have to all be Black Panther. It can be T'Chaka. It could be because I Asian. read. Dusty, <laughs> <laughs> ah! I would love to see a Savage Land series. That would be so much fun and so off the wall nuts. Um, I'm actually looking forward to their animated What If series. Oh, that one. I, you know I love some What If. I bought like $40 worth of it when I came to visit you in college. I love that series. And just, um, yeah, what they, what they can do with that as an animated series is just, yeah. It, it, as long as you hire the team that animated uh, into the uh, spider Yeah. I mean – Kristen and Babe were out of town. And so I went and saw that by myself. And I'm like sitting in the movie theater, looking around for somebody to like, you know, lean over to and go, that is so fucking cool. <laughs> you know, just because, I mean, the animation was so rich and so detailed and so different. Because, yes, I mean, it just, it, it caught you from the beginning and it, you know, yeah, the boys and I went to see that. Laura, Laura bowed out of that one. I, mean, I think she really missed out on that one. I've, I've actually suggested a couple of times she ought to watch it. We ought to watch it again because I think she would really dig it. Uh, that was that was a special piece of uh, animation, I think. Yes, that the end sequence with the all the shit going on and flying around. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won the that they won the Academy Award for Best Animated. I think. I believe that is correct. They should have if they didn't. It's a damn travesty. Yeah. yeah. So WandaVision, eh? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So we did that. We did some Marvel chat because, you know. Um, so hey, I think Jimmy is in Agents of Atlas, isn't he? He, he is. Like- he's, he's like the liaison guy. And here's, here's the other thing because I've, as I've told you, I've been reading a lot of odd one offs through the library app that I wouldn't necessarily normally read. There's a series that they spun out of uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers called. Oh. Agents of Wakanda. Okay. T'Challa put together a team and it's, um, <coughs> it's cause Kazar, Gorilla Man, uh, not Shuri. What's the, uh, the bodyguard. I can't think of her name. Oh, I know. Uh, who you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who else is in, on the team, but it's the, so they're like, they're this, uh, heavy uh hitter. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a Wakandan special forces team. And uh, it's kind of fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> um, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Agents of Wakanda. Let's see who else is on that. Um, oh, yeah. Um, the Wasp. Interesting. So it's, so it's the Wasp, Black Panther, Gorilla Man, Kazar, and Okoye. That's her name. Okay. So, yeah, with, with access to... Uh, uh, maybe Maria Hill. I can't remember, but maybe she's in it too. But anyway, with access to Wakandan technology, yeah, it works. It's stupid, but it works. <laughs> okay, and here's I'm gonna, and I meant to bring this up last time. It's stupid, but it works. <laughs> Speaking of things that are stupid but work, and I want you to look this up and find a copy of it and read it because it is. I think I said this is the kind of stupid shit I miss on comic books. Um, it's Daughters of the Dragon, Samurai Bullets. It's Colleen yep. Wing and Misty Knight, right? Daughters of the Dragon. But okay. it is like, it's got, it's, it is written by uh, Justin Gray, who did a lot of cool stuff with uh, Jonah Hex in recent years. But uh, it's, it's those two and all these like C-grade villains. And it is exploitation. It is Chopsaki. It is everything those two characters were meant to be shot through this modern prism. And it's stupid. And it's fun. That's my big thing. It's so much. It was such a fun read. I was like, I'll read this. I mean, I had one, one checkout left for the month. Oh, that looks like fun. I'll read that. I 
inhaled it. Six issues, miniseries, trade paperback, Daughters of the Dragon, Samurai Bullets. Find it, read it, learn it, love it. I Highest rating for that one. That one's so cool. And that's the kind of stuff they could do. Just those like fringe characters and give them, give them six, give them a six issue, six issue, six episode series. See if it plays. If it does, it's on your streaming what? service. Who cares? It's Iron Fist. It's disposable. Who cares? <laughs> well, that certainly was. Ugh. They missed the boat on that completely. Which, I, you know, because Daredevil started off so strong. And the first season of Jessica Jones was hard to watch, but the second one was actually very good. And I think the third one was, I watched, I did watch the third. The third one was good too. I liked those. Jessica Jones ended up actually being one that I enjoyed, which I didn't think was going to happen. I really liked the first season of Luke Cage. I liked the first season. Well, when they brought I, in, go ahead. I liked the first season of Luke Cage. I liked the setup, you know, and as I said, you know, I'm not familiar with like the music. I like the music in it. I don't know hip hop a whole lot, but they would always have those musical acts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like jazz standards. And then some of them are a lot more, you know, anyway, I really dug that. But then halfway through it, they kill Cottonmouth. And I could not see any good purpose for doing that. What was the rise of shades? Oh, fucking hate shades. I, you know, he should have. He he should have eaten a big fat dick in the first season. Well, I think he did in the second one. He came, <laughs> you know, he had a little, had a little, you know, liaison in prison, but. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, that was a useless character. I liked Luke Cage the first season. The second season, though, my biggest problem was, oh, no, he's got an evil brother. Really? Are we going to go full trope on this? I only oh, yeah. ever watched season one of Jessica Jones. It was it was a hard watch the first season. I just kind of burn out. Second season, way better. It was okay. second season, way more accessible. Because yeah. all of a sudden, you're not, like, feeling uncomfortable yeah, it made that, that first time. season was just it was just that was it. It just made me uncomfortable watching it. Um, yeah, uh, and Iron Fist was just a fucking train wreck from start to finish. And it, no, it, it off- wasn't. It was a train wreck from start until the very last scene, and the very last scene was what it should have been the whole time. Yes, 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 yes. And I I couldn't even bring myself to watch season two of it because I just. Watch the last five minutes of the last episode. Of Iron Fist? Yeah. Okay. I promise you won't be disappointed. It is what the show should have been the whole fucking time. You know, okay. I'll give it a shot. I just, I'm, not, I, I'm not suggesting you watch the whole second season because it's garbage. But well, like I, the last, yeah. I, and I can't remember exactly where it falls. If it's post-sequel, <laughs> I think it's right before the credits. So just, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of, the, you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would do that because otherwise I I couldn't. I I tried. I watched it. And I'm like, is that Nicole Kidman? And then I immediately lost interest. <laughs> and uh, and for some reason that I, and since you're not going to watch season two, for some reason Typhoid Mary, the Daredevil villain, is in season two of Iron Fist, and I was just like, what is happening? That's where I kind of I I was like. Yeah, that's where I lost it. And just, you know, there was no chemistry between him and Colin. It just oh. was. And, and he's I, supposed to be with Misty anyway, so. Yeah, and Misty, you know, I'm kind of like going, I kind of want to see Misty in the bionic arm show um, rather than this dribble. <laughs> yeah, they missed some opportunities with those for sure. I but enjoyed I, Daredevil seasons one and three. Season two was kind of a slog. At some point recently, I realized Daredevil is Spider-Man with Catholic guilt. More or less. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I loved uh, Barenthal as Punisher. Yes. Still don't think you need a full Punisher series. Still maintained till my last breath. He's a supporting character, but... You mean just like in the comic books? That you can only do psychotic revenge fantasy so much before... (laughs) Even the hardest of the hard and chorus of the core are kind of like, why do you like this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I was, this, this will be my last thing. I'll send you the picture later, but I was flipping through my photos, cleaning up my phone earlier, and I had screen capped this one because I meant to send it to you. There was a series that DC did a couple, for a couple of years called The Terrifics. It was kind of a fun riff on Fantastic Four. 
It was Mr. Terrific, Plastic Man, Phantom Girl, and Metamorpho. So you kind of had kind of a loose equivalency. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a hit or miss series, but it was it was a fun idea. And I read it through, it was like three volumes. And there was one where they were doing time travel. And uh, they got stuck in the 90s. And when they stepped out of the ship they were on, they all were like in full 90s comics garb. Oh, and no. Plastic Man goes... Why are there so many pouches? <laughs> I saved that page and I'll send it to you later because it's just funny. Uh, so, actually, that's the new title of the episode. Why are there so many pouches? Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, now that I have a better title for the episode, um, I'm going to call it. This has right. been uh, episode 15 of Slurp Dose, completely unscripted. Here. And we're, we're proud little Hispanic girls now. And next time you hear from us, it'll be our sweet 16. And we'll be gringos. We'll be gringos again. Until then, I'm still Bruce. He's still Steve. And we're out. Later, kids. Bye. Bye.